0: ideally you hire someone who has the skill set that you don't have and is like excited about the problem that they will be solving at the job as well.
1: Welcome to How I Fixed It, a podcast where we cut the noise and learn step-by-step strategies entrepreneurs use to grow. I'm your host, Madhav Malhotra, and today I'm lucky to be joined by Paige Whitehead, the co-founder of Naoka Design Labs. Nayoka is a biotechnology company that uses microbes to replace harsh chemicals like those in glow sticks. I'm especially excited to hear more about Paige's experience learning how to lead Naoka's team while on the job. So thank you again for taking the time to join me today. I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about the rocket ship that is Naoka right now and I know that looking into your background People would be very surprised to see how far you've come, including yourself. So for a little bit of context, would you mind talking about who you are, what Naoka is doing, and how you ended up working here?
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Vada. Yes, my name is Paige Whitehead. I am the founder and CEO of Naoka Design Labs. And our company as a whole kind of asks the question is like, how can we make this thing more sustainable and right now our main purpose and focus on at our initial product is a glow stick that is powered with bioluminescent enzymes and is biodegradable and it really is just such a amazing combination of what's possible in sustainable biotechnology in sustainable materials as a whole and also like just community celebration and like you know really empowering people to feel good about you know, themselves and the planet and just where we're going in the field of sustainability, because there's really so much to be hopeful about. And it's not exactly what we hear on the news all the time. So it's kind of a little secret part of Nyoka. You know, we don't advertise that the light wand is intended to like make you feel hopeful. But that's kind of what I hope people think when they when they see things like that. And from my background, um, I'm in microbiology and um, environmental studies in my degree program. And slowly realized I wanted to get into business after working in laboratories, after working in nonprofits, and finally working in sustainable um, enterprise. And I really just saw the impact you could have as a company, uh, the direct impact you could have on changing people's uh, spending patterns on like really like restoring parts of the world and making sure that sustainability is is really prioritized and i think part of my curiosity is just asking like wow is this possible like can we do this and this is the way to do it right now in the world is by becoming an entrepreneur and that's the method and i'm i'm just always excited to learn more about how to do that thing
1: <laughs> yeah can we take a little bit deeper into that part of your story where Your transition into entrepreneurship?
0: Yeah. I never knew I was leading myself towards that or that like the world was like pushing me that way, like whatever you wanna (laughs) take your look at it. But what I would say, like especially earlier in my twenties, and I think for a lot of people, it's a time where you try a lot of things and you slowly find out, you know, hopefully something you like and something you don't, and then you can make better choices like through that trial and error process. And that's what basically like i don't know i feel like life is about and for me that's that's kind of how i ended up here where you know i loved university but i didn't feel like it was super applicable um i loved working in labs but you know you don't really see the impact of your work for a long time and i've always been really interested in sustainability like ever since i was a like pretty small child you know it was it's always been like kind of my driving question in my life and learning more was such a big part of that. So I don't want to like say that going to university was in any way a mistake. It was it was critical, it was pivotal and it gave me the tools that I'm now using, you know, in in the field of entrepreneurship. But I guess I would say to sum it up is that it's a process and whatever your thing is, I just kind of hope that for people who are listening that if they can, you know, just keep moving forward and not let people kind of say that that isn't for you or, you know, that will never work just based on your past or what people think about you, then you'll be fine. You know, if you're figuring out for yourself, then you're on the right track. Like no matter where you are on your path at any given point, like you're doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I really just value your ability to take risks and go into the unknown, just try new things. But the reason I wanted to talk to you about leadership today is the reason that I can tell on this call, but the listeners can't. You're one of the nicest people that I know. When your body language conveys niceness, when you're talking about ideas, you'll talk about, okay, I want to help create this change in the world for people that are listening. Here's a piece of wisdom that can help you. I really admire those skills personally in a leader. So to start off with, I'd love to hear you were uh, just, when you started now, guys, you as you put it, just a broke university student. And then now you have a lot more ability to make an impact in others' lives. Could you tell me about that transition period?
0: Thank you. Um, that's really, really wonderful and kind of you to say. <laughs> and in terms of leadership, I don't think I ever really saw myself like as a as a leader, it's almost an uncomfortable word. I think it comes with a lot of, of weight. But when I look back at, you know, how I spent time, one of the first things that I did as as a, as a like very young person was just get really passionate about saving the Vancouver Island marmots, which was an endangered species, you know, local to the island where, where I grew up. And that was, I think, the first time where I just really let myself get like wrapped up in something and I, you know, fundraise, I like baked cookies and sold them at my school. And it ended up being absolutely transformative. You know, I was invited to attend this UN children's conference on the environment. Um, That's actually when I attended UVic for the first time, it was held on UVic campus, and that's the first time I ever stepped on campus. And it just opened my eyes to, like, the whole world that was out there, people whose lives were about changing the world. And in, in my small town, you know, that wasn't exactly what everyone was focusing on. You know, we didn't have leadership programs like in high school, you know, there was, there were some clubs and I I ran the journalism club. And so I guess I've always kind of taken on leadership roles, but when I sit back and just think about my, my traits, I think the first one would just be like curiosity and maybe like open-mindedness. And maybe that's my leadership style. (laughs) If I were to, um, to pinpoint anything, because that's, what's really, I think I take on leadership roles because I, I get curious and then I if i if I'm curious about a problem then I want to find a way to solve it and if solving it means like organizing people or raising money, you know, or, or doing a research project, then whatever it takes, you know, kind of figure out a way to do it. And I think for me that's been a pretty like strong trait. I think that's why I focus so much on uh, what I talk to people about what they might be able to do. It's just on figuring out what that thing is that just will keep you up at night, that thing that you want to solve because then it will be hard, you know, you you won't be like, "Oh, I don't like this. Like why am I doing this?" You'll you'll always have that that why and that really makes some of the more challenging aspects of the job just make sense. You know, it's worth it at that point if if you're doing it for that purpose.
1: it sounds like it's not like, okay, I need this done. Jacob, get on it. Instead, <laughs> Jacob, what are you curious about and try to guide that person to that role that fits for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and in, in a team it's usually a bit of both because ideally you hire someone who has the skill set that you don't have and is like excited about the problem that they will be solving at the job as well. But, you know, like that's that's the perfect person to work with cuz then we're both happy. Everyone's like figuring out something that is intrinsically valuable to them. And the work is really collaborative in that way. So for example, my uh, technical lead, Daniel, like he, he is so hardcore into the extreme chemistry behind the bioluminescence, you know, and that's not my expertise. And so working together, I've learned so much about like, you know, even what it actually means to solve this problem on a really like granular molecular level. And another person on my team, you know, they do all the accounting and it's so complicated. And I know a little bit, you know, enough to have a conversation and then just be so impressed that, like, they know how to do what they do, you know. <laughs> and that's that's their thing. They're really about financial literacy and and building financial competencies. So, you know, again, ideally, that would be, like, someone who is in their purpose and is also able to turn that into something that is vocationally helpful so they can you know survive and and feed themselves and but i think you know if everyone has that everyone would be everyone would be a lot happier
1: yeah that definitely would be a good outcome but first of all it's hard to identify you know what is someone good at so that you can guide them in that way but then second of all figuring out how do you shape what they're good at to fit into the goal that you're working towards
0: yeah, I mean, it's a very ideal situation that would work out perfectly, you know. <laughs> so I always try and, like, you know, try for that. And, and again, you know, with, with every single person, it really depends what will help in a certain way. For some people, it's, you know, more freedom to make their own decisions and really, like, have just a lot of agency. For others, like, who really like working together, it's, you know, spending more time and building that relationship. Uh, maybe it's providing training courses. I know I really value one-on-one time with people I find like for me like I'm I definitely trend towards being introverted like I love having like more one-on-one deeper conversations and that's just how we get to know people you know and often through just getting to know a person you'll end up finding out about what they're really passionate about or interested in and I don't think there's really like a trick to it (laughs) in that way. And, you know, sometimes it takes a long time. And for some people, maybe, you know, you're not a good fit like in a personality wise way. And then, you know, there's not much you can do about that. So I wouldn't say it like works every single time, but hopefully if, if it's people who you're working with a lot, and that's how you can also make those decisions. Be like, okay, like really get along with this person. They're really awesome in this way. And they bring a lot to the team. Like that would be kind of the ideal scenario again, but. I think it's a pretty high bar and I'm always looking to to meet that bar with everyone I work with and, you know, the team I'm working with right now is incredible, but, I mean, I think you'd have to ask them if (laughs) it's really working on any given day. You know, sometimes things get stressful, sometimes things don't work out, but, again, I think that's where that that purpose, like, really helps get through some of the, the more challenging times.
1: Yeah, I think the purpose bit is definitely something I've heard echoed a lot. A lot of founders have told me um, the key hiring decision they have is, is this person excited about the problem? Mm-hmm. But as you said, there are many challenges that come up along the way. Do you remember times where you had to make you know, key decisions about your team, things weren't working, and you had to change something?
0: Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I'm always personally looking to improve upon myself is just my like, sense of, of confidence. And that I think just only comes with time and seeing if your decisions actually do turn out working out well, like, um, you know, there's ways to kind of fake confidence, but I find even when I fake confidence, I'm not making decisions from like a truly grounded place. And so when I think back, you know, to like just some insecurities I've had, as like an entrepreneur, like, you know, as, as like, a, as a leader, I think that's where I've made decisions that just end up being very difficult in the long term where like let's say like this did happen kind of recently where there's someone on the team who is just bringing me down in a way and suggesting that I couldn't do my job very well and you know for for a while you know I kind of believed them i was like i could really do a lot better you know like i'm new at this there's, there's so much that we need to get done in Naoka, you know, like we could be like at XYZ as a company and it's our first year, like it's a mess. <laughs> so, so a lot of it, um, you know, I really took to heart and I wanted to learn and I wanted to improve. But after a while, I was like, you know what, though, like if it's really good criticism and it's constructive and hopefully you'll feel like you can work on solving it together, you know, and if someone is, is kind of part of a team in that way, then it'll be something you can build together um, rather than, you know, using um something to kind of make people feel bad or like, they're not, you know, skilled enough to do their job. And actually it was a lot of the successes recently that we've had based on decisions I've made that really improved my confidence. I was like, you know what, like that person is wrong. <laughs> like, I don't know how I could have fixed that before because And maybe it's the downside of being curious is always being like someone else could be right. And, you know, there, there's kind of that sense of fluidity within any decision or, or any, you know, feedback that you'll get. And, And I'm really open to feedback. So that, that was, that was uniquely difficult. And it really, I think drew out some of my like insecurities around, you know, being a young person, you know, not running a business before. And so I was, it was kind of a vulnerable spot and, so that that was that was really challenging to figure out, and it, it just it took some time to like gain the confidence, and you know see that that you can take criticism, but that doesn't mean that you kind of have to sit back and let someone you know treat you in a way that isn't respectful or isn't helpful.
1: Um, I appreciate the example of how you're still working on these skills. It is a constant journey, and mm-hmm. it's amazing to hear that you're still growing. In terms of what you said about making sure that, you know, you can track your decisions over time to see there are some areas I need to do better in, but there are some areas that I do well in. How do you track those?
0: Yeah. There's kind of this thing around like earned, like an earned sense of confidence that I think only comes when you really are like struggling to solve a problem and then If you see a little bit of improvement, then it just feels so good because you know how hard it was or like you remember the feeling when you weren't sure if it would work. (laughs) And, you know, part of that is I think um, in the last year, you know, um, I wanted to run a small Kickstarter and I was basically doing it by myself. You know, there were a million reasons not to do it. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> and and it really was like the first whole turn of the like Nyoka engine, which was, you know, advertising, reaching out to people, spreading the word. It was following through, doing interviews. And then it was launching the Kickstarter, most stressful six weeks ever. <laughs> because, you know, it was it was the first one we've done. We, we haven't really, you know, we're really just building our community at that point. And it's always going to be something that we're working on then COVID happened and then fulfillment was really difficult. And so we were behind schedule and, you know, it didn't feel great. And the product that we shipped, it was, it was cool, but it it wasn't like where I wanted it to be, you know? Um, So it really felt that in itself felt kind of vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It was imperfect a lot of the things I was like, oh, this could be so much better, but we just got to put it out. And having a successful Kickstarter forms a huge piece of our, our product validation. It enabled us to get into IndieBio, to get into some similar programs, um, having some revenue. It just goes so far to prove market traction and product validation. You know, it was horrible, it was difficult. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> but it was, I learned so much. It really, really paid off, you know, and and definitely there is... I didn't necessarily get told by anyone, like, oh, you should definitely do that. It just was more of this, like, we're going to do this. (laughs) And, yeah, it it just, that was, that's just an example of how, you know, it was risky. It definitely wasn't perfect, you know, out the door. And I did get feedback from some people that, you know, I I shouldn't do that. It it was just too early, et cetera, et cetera. But it was awesome. (laughs) And it was one of my favorite parts of that was actually doing a Reddit AMA. And I just got to talk to hundreds of people and everyone was curious and asking questions. And I just got to chat with people online who were like also, you know, into sustainability or biotech or entrepreneurship. And that was awesome. I I love just connecting with people, you know, who are are similar in in some way and passionate and just curious.
1: What allowed you to be able to make that decision by yourself when You had all these other voices saying, don't do it.
0: That's a difficult question. And as you just read this amazing book, The Secret Life of Your Mind. And it kind of goes into your conscious brain and your unconscious brain and how in your conscious brain, you know, you make very rational, logical decisions and it's kind of slower. But, you know, in some situations it works really well, but in other situations, maybe such as deciding to do the kickstarter it's really complex there's there's a lot of reasons why or not there's a lot that goes into it even beyond like the pros and cons in terms of what it would even take like what capacity do i have you know there's a lot that goes into a decision like that and based on you know some understanding of the like more unconscious minds like the kind of decisions that we make that feel intuitive actually you know come together through all these different parts of your mind like That kind of come together and give you this like sense of direction you know and it's it's very scientific but it feels very like intuitive and kind of mysterious but i would say that decision really came like it was an intuitive decision it just felt like it was the right time and i just kind of knew i had to do it (laughs) and you know it wasn't like a logical calculated like on a calculator logical decision it really just felt right. And I, I wish I could answer more. I, I, I wish I understood more. That's why I read this book, because I would love to understand like why sometimes things just feel right and feel like the right time. And that's basically how, that is kind of how I end up making more complex kind of gray area decisions. Usually at some point, it just, it just is the right time and there's, there's a feeling around it.
1: Yeah, that's a really nice skill to have. Personally, I don't have that. So I envy that because, like you said, with logic, there's always a lot of pros and cons for each option. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good that you're able to get out of analysis paralysis and actually just make the end call with that. Um, I, mean,
0: there's, I mean, there's pros and cons to that too. Like, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, you know? <laughs> Um, sometimes I do get caught in the analysis paralysis and then that's usually what I know I need to go to sleep and not think about it for a day <laughs> and then and then maybe some inkling of a direction will like start to mm-hmm. appear but it's it's an imperfect process <laughs> you
1: know, that's happened to me a lot uh, with the sleep I agree with that I think the last thing that I'd want to wrap up on is with resources like that I know you read a lot I know you're very curious If you could think of any resources, any books, any skills Mm -hmm. in general that you found most impactful in helping you, Mm -hmm. would you have anything come to mind?
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially if it's based on, let's just talk about startups first. Um, You know, it's so different trying to like bring something to life than like run it and keep it going. And I think there's so many management books and like books that, you know, really focus on like larger companies, but the one book that I found really helped me get a sense of the kind of attitude um, that works for a startup. It's just called The Lean Startup. And it's it's really well regarded. One of the paragraphs that really hit me, I was like, oh, crap, is <laughs> talking about basically not launching early enough and not getting out there and talking to customers and just how you can just like, you know, circle around the drain for years and like never even know what you're working on will ever be successful. And they're like, you got to get out there and talk to people. And that actually really woke me up when I read that book. I was like, I think that was probably part of the feeling that went into the decision to like launch the Kickstarter, you know, was, was kind of like absorbing that information and hopefully like storing it away somewhere kind of useful. Um, so that was great. I think any, any kind of like book on, on meditation and self-knowledge, you know, there's tons out there. Like, I, I don't know if I'd recommend any specific one. It's pretty personal, like what kind of style you like, but I would say like anything that relates to you, getting to know yourself better just really helps keep you um, like healthy and responding in an emotionally non-reactive way when things get stressful you know or someone at a panel asks you like a question that's kind of mean it just really helps to feel really solid in yourself and so I'm constantly working on that like I'm no expert by any means but so whatever practice or you know maybe some meditation maybe you feel really awesome dancing or maybe you like go for a run like I just think those those kind of skills and and like self-knowledge and and self-care is so deeply important. Oh, one thing that I have done though, kind of based on that is basically set up for myself, it's called a wellness action plan. And I identify my indicators if I'm feeling extra stressed. And so I kind of have now in my mind like this system where it's like green, yellow, or red. And if I'm green, you know, things are good. I'm feeling good. Everything's fine. If it's yellow, then... I'll be like, Ooh, like I'm feeling extra stressed. I'm having trouble sleeping, you know, maybe have a nightmare that like our, our bank account is out of money that literally happened to me the other night. I was like, this is no good. <laughs> you know, it's not even like a going to happen, but like clearly an indicator of just feeling more stressed. And so then as part of my action plan, I've developed a bit of a toolkit around what I'll do if I notice that the stress is increasing. And so that might be going for more walks, spending more time with friends, you know, whatever it is for you that rejuvenates you is part of that plan. And then when things are red, then you know, maybe that will be like really making sure I talk with my like, my like mentor or coach like, like much more often, maybe set up time for that. Maybe it's actually taking a full break and just letting people know that. And, and also telling people, you know, hey, I'm really overwhelmed. Um, I'm not going to be on my game right now. I'm doing minimal work and like, that's okay. And I really, I think I value... The authenticity around there because I don't want people to feel like robots like around me or like at work you know so if I'm struggling I also don't want to have to like hide that necessarily at work and be like you know what if I can do four hours of work on a day where maybe I feel really like upset or, or stressed and then call it a day and feel good like that's awesome you know I wouldn't want to like have that give something to hide or or feel too I think the judgment is a, is a really difficult one to navigate.
1: Yeah, I I feel like whenever we talk, I learn more about your self-awareness. I think it's a big lesson that I've taken away from just talking to you throughout time. So Mm -hmm. I will make sure to add all the resources that you mentioned throughout in the thread.
0: Well, there's one more actually. Mm -hmm. And you know why I like this one is actually because I think there's something for everyone in this book and it's called Tools of Titans and it's it's Tim Ferriss book. So like, say you want about him, but they went and interviewed people who are at like the top of their field across entertainment, in, in um, academia, in entrepreneurship. So it's not like one person telling you like what is right or the way they figure something out. It's, it's all of these people who have solved, you know, their own life in their own way and you know, some of the advice they give is completely different than the person who's in the next chapter, right? So there's really something for everyone in that book. And yeah, there's one book that maybe you'd find some good nuggets in. Like every time I open that book, I'm, I learned something.
1: <laughs> so I think that's a good note to wrap up the podcast on. So I really appreciate you taking the time to walk us through all these different corners of your mind. I know it is a hard skill. I know there are hard questions that I did ask. So I respect you doing your best to put together information and hopefully share something for others to learn through this
0: yeah thank you you know i'm a bit tired today so i really don't know if i was as concise or verbose as normal but this is really fun for me like i, I love talking about about just life you know and if there's like even one thing i can say that helps someone then, then i think it's so worth it so yeah absolutely happy to do this thank you madame